Oh boy, our top story is that we are heading for an election. And perhaps you have you have in your mind an absolute certainty of what you think is going to happen on the 20th of September. That looks like it's going to be election day. Oh, the Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, the Deputy Premier for the province of Ontario, uh, is going to weigh in. There's a mixture of views on that particular subject. This this is the thing. There's a mixture of views. And to get some lay of the land, I am pleased to welcome back to the program Daryl Bricker from Ipsos. Welcome, Daryl. Thanks for having me on, Alan. And feel free to pull drops out of this uh, this interview, too. Yeah, like absolutely. Sure, no problem. Um, Arnold, did you want to weigh in and say, say anything to... Uh... Screw your freedom. There you go. There you go, Daryl. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's get let's go high level here. What are we seeing in terms of mood of the country as we head into an election that a lot of people are saying, why do we want this? Why are we even having this? I would describe public opinion right now as brittle. Um, usually I say fragile, but brittle is really the, the, the right word for it because it could shatter. I mean, that's the, the situation that we're in. And it's because we're in a pandemic. Uh, people are still pretty uncertain about what the future is going to look like, particularly the near-term future, and they're worried. Uh, so going into an election, if it's not, um, if it's not done in exactly the right way, uh, the, the potential for a backlash is definitely there. You know, I, I'm I'm immediately and have been respond, uh, reminded the last couple of days of uh, the David Peterson government in Ontario. Um, and, you know, he he called a summer election and the electorate said, well, that's a lot of hubris and we don't care for it. And next thing you know, they handed Bob Ray a majority. Is, is that kind of swing out there federally, you think? Well, there's nothing in the numbers today to suggest that that's going to happen. The thing that, that we've seen for the last two years, you know, since almost since the start of this pandemic is how incredibly stable uh, the voter choice numbers have been. But uh, the voter choice numbers always respond to what the public is feeling about issues, what the personal mood is, what's going on in their own lives. So they weren't really in a particularly partisan mood, so the numbers would be very stable over time. Now they're going to be asked to consider that, and that's when you can start seeing some changes. The, the conventional wisdom is that, you know, when we don't have a scheduled election, like when we have a majority and we know it's coming and there's no two ways about it, when we have a situation where we're in a minority, and the, the feeling amongst the Canadians is they never, like we never want an election. And so the first couple right. of weeks of a campaign tends to be a lot of the oxygen is taken up with who's responsible for this, you know, this mess and making us do this. And then after that, it just kind of goes away. Are you expecting that's kind of what's going to happen when we get back after Labor Day? The Canadians are going to be like, all right, well, we got to do it. Yeah, that's typically what happens is people understand the cynicism behind the whole thing and uh, and uh, and kind of get with the program and decide that they're going to participate in the election. Um, but uh, this time around, you wonder if it's going to set the mood for the campaign and whether or not it's going to see everything that's committed you know, by the governments or the opposition parties through that lens. It speaks to the character of the people who are asking us to go to the polls and, and what some people would argue is a, you know, a difficult, even potentially dangerous time. And so you know, there's, there's a, it's, it's a really complicated situation. That's why I refer to the public mood right now as brittle. The easiest thing for me to say would be, oh, you know, these numbers are locked in. We're going to see, 
you know, either plus or minus a certain number of seats when we get to election day. They'll either get the majority or they won't. The truth is right now, I think it's going to be a very um, the potential is there for this to be a tempestuous uh, 36 days. Um, the, the consensus at the outset here is that it's it's either a slim majority. I mean, that's within reach for the for the, the liberals or quite possibly status quo. Is Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, that's basically what it is. When you've got the conservatives, you know, somewhere around uh, 30 and you have the liberals somewhere around 35, 36, and you have the NDP somewhere just below 20, when you roll that out on a national basis and you take a look at what that means in terms of seats won, seats lost, yeah, it's right on the edge of being a majority for the Liberal Party. All right, let's run down the individual leaders here. Let's start with Aaron O'Toole. I think Aaron O'Toole um, benefits from almost the the Trudeau factor in 2015, which is the expectations are incredibly low. Same Jugmeet Singh had this one in 2019 too. you know, expectations so low so that if he does well, everybody's like, whoa, wow, that guy can actually put a sentence together. I mean, I think he's got a, a lot of room for uh, growth. Yeah, he really does. And that's, uh, I expect what him and his campaign are counting on that, uh, that he's able to perform under, um, under, these types of circumstances, and uh, that all the surprises will be pleasant ones. But, you know, the truth is, what we've seen, just like we did with Andrew Scheer the last time around, is it tends to be a bit of a mixed bag. So, uh, yes, they're counting on it being, uh, um, you know, a whole bunch of positive revelations uh, um, and uh, performing well against extremely low expectations, which should work for him. But you just never know. Yeah, I mean, you would think you'd be able to pick up, I mean, and, and the whole positioning for him is being able to pick up some of that mushy middle, some of those, you know, suburban GTA ridings, for example, or suburban uh, Vancouver ridings. That's where he's aiming. But by doing that and, and going after that, he also has risked uh, completely alienating his Western base. Let's move to Jugmeet Singh. Um, Singh really has a chance here to to move, and I think he's, He's really uh, done well in capturing, you know, the youth interest. The question is, is like, is his core constituency actually going to vote? Yeah, it's it's a problem for the Liberal Party too. So there's two groups of voters in Canada: progressive voters and conservative voters. Conservatives uh, have a very high floor, you know, around 30, but a very low ceiling, less than 40. Um, Progressive voters have a high, um, have a uh, a low floor. They tend not to show up an awful lot of times, but a very high ceiling. So the question is whether or not, first of all, um, Jagmeet Singh can get his voters to show up. But secondly, people who felt in the last couple of elections that the Conservatives were really a threat, were forced to vote Liberal to prevent a Conservative victory, will they feel better about either not voting this time around or supporting the party that they may have had that was their first choice, which would have, might have been the NDP? If that happens, that's as good as people voting for the Conservative Party. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can see this play already last week of the election. I mean, it's just tried and true. The liberals will come out and say a vote for the NDP is a vote for uh, um, Aaron O'Toole. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. I, you know, everybody points to the David Peterson election. That's what he tried to do and it didn't work. Um, the rest of the parties, any, anything to anything to point out with, you know, all you know, the Greens or any, any of that to have any play? What's Quebec look like? Well, Quebec, the Bloc Québécois, the, the, they will be incredibly interesting in this campaign because they did very well in the last campaign. They resuscitated a party that was basically almost dead. Uh, so the question is, uh, can people in the province of Quebec who would really rather express their you know, Quebec interests 
feel it's easier this time to vote for the uh, the Bloc Québécois, given that the Conservatives probably aren't going to win the election. Because typically what happens is some of those voters move over to the Liberal Party to both get on the national bandwagon, but also to prevent a more conservative, especially a Western option, from, from winning government. So if it, that doesn't appear to be a threat, the Bloc Québécois looks to be in a pretty good position going into this campaign as well. Big problem for the Liberal Party. That, that's all... Uh... Very interesting. Um, wait, wait a minute. Um, Minister of Health and Deputy Premier Christine Elliott wants to weigh in on what you're saying. There's a mixture of views on that particular subject. So I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> Daryl, always great to talk to you. There is a mixture of views. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold, you want to say goodbye to Daryl? Screw your freedom. Daryl, always great uh, to talk wonderful. to you. Thanks a lot. See you <laughs> We'll talk to you again soon. That is Daryl Brooker from uh, Ipsos.